0: This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on. Hello
1: and welcome to Sex and Science Hour. I'm Stephanie, you're Brian, hello. Of course, hello. This is our third episode and we thank you so much for joining us. Brian, everybody's talking about being goxed. Oh boy. I don't know if I want to talk about gox cuz it's kind of sad but our first segment is kind of full of depressing bad news so I think we might as well at least give it a mention but um yeah so if you haven't heard there was a there's been some stuff going on this week huh some stuff yeah yes, that, <laughs> I just try to remember it. that we're on the radio so <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> to that's, keep myself clean here that's uh, that's putting it mildly well it, it's a tough subject to keep clean about you know because it, it's oh, it's yeah. such a mess People Uh,
1: lost fortunes. Yeah. Uh, And this is Mt. Gox, of course, the fail of a Bitcoin exchange that is on everyone's mind. It was, you know, at one time it was served its purpose. It was the kind of the first real Bitcoin exchange. I remember friends of ours going on there and buying Bitcoins for less than a dollar. Oh,
0: sure. Sure. No, it really led the charge. It offered a tremendous service. Uh, but it's, it's been time. just
1: like a dinosaur that's in the after the meteor strike that can't find any food. Just I don't know, that was a bad analogy, but <laughs> just languishing and just dying and screaming a slow, painful death.
0: Yeah, but this is the part that that that's still confusing me is that it seemed so obvious. You know, we, I mean, in New Hampshire, we have a lot of Bitcoin, uh, you know, activists here uh, or you know people positive about Bitcoin. And they no one here was was trusting Gox. No one. You know and I'm talking about people we're we're not I'm talking about numbering at least over a thousand people. Nobody was trusting Gox. Who was trusting Gox? I don't know if it
1: was the Bitcoin newbies, maybe, or if it were if it was It wasn't just the newbies. Yeah, I mean like everybody as I learned this week, everybody is susceptible sometimes to believing stuff that isn't really true, even if they think they're very rational and they've got a firm grip on reality. You know, sometimes people get fooled and there were people who, uh, you know, kind of believed what they wanted to believe and had money in Mt. Gox and lost fortunes. You know, maybe they were trying to do arbitrage or
0: something like that, but... Yeah, there's other ways, there's other places, you know, to, to do that sort yeah, of thing. I agree. I, I just, I, I really, I have a hard time uh, believing... You know, that that these people fell for this. It was so it's been obvious for years now.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like a a classic scam, like, hey, give your money and I'll give you a six percent per month return. That kind of thing. It's it it was more like, you know, we are an exchange and you can choose to keep money in or out of the exchange. But at any moment, (laughs) this exchange may fail or it may be revealed that they're insolvent and broken and you won't be able to get your money out and for months you know nobody could withdraw US dollars ever since the US government kind of got a hold of them and their bank accounts were seized in the US but you could get bitcoins out and then they suspended bitcoin withdrawals and um, the rest is kind of history you've probably heard about it but apparently there was a document that got circulated around the internet there was a little bit of a, a period where people were unsure if it was real uh, and then it was essentially came out that yeah, this probably was real internal documents saying that Gox lost almost seven hundred and fifty thousand bitcoins. Right. But the thing is, the numbers don't add up. They were saying that there was a leak in their system, and the language was very weird. The way that they worded it, they said there was the the cold storage was drained due to a leak in the hot wallet, and it's like what? What do they mean by that? You know, the no. cold cold storage was somehow Uh, connected to their hot wallet, and they were losing Bitcoins from their hot wallet. And not only that, but they would have had to lose something like 400 Bitcoins every day or something like that. And that's a huge amount that they wouldn't have been able to reconcile on their books. So just none of it really makes sense. I just... I just wish Gox would go away. Uh, the unfortunate thing is there are pe- going to be people uh,
0: asking for a bailout, you know, well, <laughs> asking for Gox to get bailed out. Sure. But you know what? I think that was already happening. And this scares me a little bit, I'll mm-hmm. admit, is I think that there are some big names in the Bitcoin community that thought Gox was too big to fail. And they that let- were going to give them a bailout and either give them a bailout or they're going to let they were going to let the lie go on as long as possible. And I am very disconcerted by that. That doesn't Bitcoin's fine, you know. That that's the the end the end game of all this is that Bitcoin is you know a thousand times bigger than Gox, okay? Yes. And the price is already on its way back up. You know, there's no problem there. Yeah,
1: I mean, despite the uh, mainstream media reporting that this is the end of Bitcoin because some of they equate uh, Gox with Bitcoin, uh, the price has gone up. I mean, people are just saying, "Well, Bitcoins are on sale. Let's buy some."
0: Sure. But I mean, I, I still, I feel like, you know, to quote the Joker in Batman, you know, hubba hubba hubba, who do you trust? Uh, I don't know exactly what name to trust, uh, because I, I just, I can't believe I I have such a hard time believing this could go on. It's, I mean, unless somebody's going to tell me the gov some government was involved with Gox, which there's no proof of that whatsoever. This is all being done independently. I think independently people were supporting. Well, who knows who allegedly stole these coins? Sure. You know, it could have
1: been an inside job. I hate to use that phrase, oh, but sure. at Gox, somebody stole them in, internally. Sure. It could have been a government and exploiting some vulnerability. It could be somebody blackmailing somebody. Who who knows? I mean, this is like wacky stuff, you know that you see in movies, but it's happening in real life. So, we don't have any real answers at this point in time. We're just uh, kind of Talking about it, commenting on it—it's the wild west out there, you know. Be careful and don't look to government regulators no. to to save you. They're not going to save you. They're not your
0: friend. No, there, there's no regulation right now going on, and Bitcoin's already on the back on the rise. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin's fine, you know. This, this—if anything, this this whole situation that's being spun as a negative and is, is an absolute positive, saying that Bitcoin is as strong an idea and a technology uh, as it could be right now. So, yeah, n- nothing to worry about.
1: There we go. And so, we got to at least give a little boo to uh Mount Go. Yeah. <laughs> but then a cheer for uh, Bitcoin.
0: Right on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, um more bad news, Brian. 28% of Americans have not read a book in the past
0: year. Ugh. Well, you know, actually, I, I suppose you got to wonder, OK, sure, 28 percent of Americans haven't read a book. But then how many of how many Americans can actually read in our school <laughs> systems, you know, they come out of our school systems. I mean, it's so bad. Uh, yeah,
1: that, that's a good question.
0: Yeah. But, you know, th- this this brings for me this fact, you know, obviously, as as sad as it sounds um, for myself, Something this kind of reminds me of is that you've got a lot of the, these, you know, crazy things going on like with Gox or some new technologies coming out like Ethereum or BitShares and I get a little worried because I see them, I see the language they use or I see what's going on and I get a little scared because there's no under, there, I don't feel there's an understanding of history, okay? You know, you take something like ProtoShares and ProtoShares originally was based on like the three laws of robotics. You know, and, I, and I'm worried about that, because if you know where the three laws of robotics come from, it comes from Isaac Asimov's book, iRobot. Well, iRobot was all about how, because those rules were meant to keep humans alive, so that humans could never die by by a robot's hands. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? In the book, iRobot, it's all about how robots could still logically kill human beings while following those three laws. Mm. Okay, now, I'm not saying that, you know, that 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 proto shares are bringing on the apocalypse. I'm not saying that at all. Okay, but uh, some of these other ideas that advocate for extreme transparency, like Ethereum, uh, makes me think of another science fiction book is uh, The Demolished Man by Alfred Bester, which is all about a futuristic human society where everybody's a telepath and a murder occurs. Okay, so you know, let's take that trans right. <laughs> let's let's take that transparency to its extreme. Okay, where you know everything that's going on. A murder was still logically capable of happening. Okay, and so to put like extreme trust in these ideas, no, people gotta gotta answer some serious questions that have already been explored fifty years ago, a hundred years ago, five hundred years ago. But nobody. I but I think I think this is accurate. Twenty percent of Americans don't read. I don't think they read.
1: Well, that's a great point because we can learn a lot from sci-fi and we can learn a lot from literature. And it's true. People don't read anymore. I mean, why do you think that is? Is it because school beats the love of reading out of us? Definitely. Personally, I feel that was what happened with me. I loved to read. I was such a voracious reader up until the time I was about 11 or 12. And then I started being forced to read books in school. And it was just all downhill from there. (laughs) That's what I felt like in school. And, you know, you had to read these boring, horrible books that I didn't want to read. And then you had to write a book report about it. And it was just (laughs) horrible. I mean, and then I didn't want to read anymore, you know, and I didn't want to read for pleasure. And, you know, eventually I kind of got some of it back. But it really just made a fun activity into homework. And that was not good.
0: Sure. No, I agree. I think that's a huge part of it. Uh, I also because it's certainly not the stories because people will go and see the movies of these things as much as uh, as much as the movies butcher books. Yeah, uh, generally.
1: What, what is it with that? I mean, OK, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I like listening to audio and I like reading now. Again, you know, I kind of reclaim the love of reading. Sure. Uh, but, you know, like when you read a book or when you listen to an audiobook or something like that, even you can imagine the stuff that's happening however you want it. You know what I mean? Like you can imagine it any way your mind's eye sees it. I think it's more powerful with a movie. They're kind of telling you how it looks. Yeah. You you know what I mean? Do you think people do you think it's that hard to imagine something like a scene?
0: I think it's I think we're in such a fast paced world right now and whether that's good or bad, I'm not saying. But we're in such a fast paced life that people feel they don't have the time read. I can't do that. You know, give me the cliff notes. You know, or mm-hmm. uh, you sometimes know, I feel movie. that
1: way with um, with like reading books or but I feel the same way with watching videos. Like I, I actually prefer the audio medium because it allows me to drive or do other things
0: while I'm listening. Right. But I mean, you lose something because when you read your brain, like almost forcibly chews on it. OK. Mm-hmm. In fact, actually, there's studies that say that even reading fiction novels uh, makes you smarter for mm-hmm. whatever that means or, you know, your brain works better we'll oh yeah just put it that way. it's
1: definitely an intellectual stimulation and it helps your mind right.
0: grow you know right and and when you read again you your mind almost instinctually you know choose on what it read and it takes time with it as to where you know with movies and all this other you know all these other forms they generally just like like force feed the info on you you take it and you move on um and i think you lose something in that Because I think we, I think it's important to draw your own conclusions on everything. That's the point of being an individual, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Like, have you seen that meme going around on social media that says something like, you know, if you go home with someone and they don't have any books, don't, don't do it with them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It doesn't say that, that, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) trying to clean this up. Yeah. Well, speaking of disturbing trends (laughs) in culture, uh, Brian, I heard that there is going to be. The first My Little Pony porn coming out. Oh my! Uh, Did you hear about this? I did
0: hear about this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's how I felt when I heard. All right, let's not be too harsh. Uh, (laughs) And also like that. All right. I mean, first off, like you know, the Greeks would not find this strange at all uh i mean w- what they imagine with centaurs or where you know even zeus i think would uh, you know take the sh- take the the form of a swan mm-hmm. uh and get it on with a woman uh i mean all, you know all kinds of wild tales like that so that this- was
1: pretty imaginative this see this is what happens when you don't have actual porn movies or tv you just get <laughs> really uh insanely creative yeah i mean well the, you and know the- you put it on vases and frescoes
0: <laughs> yeah, right exactly yeah or yeah, there's cases in in frescoes, you know, goats and all the... Oh, it, it gets pretty wild. Yes. Um, but, I mean, you know, in this case, now, granted, like, I, I looked into this. They're not... Yeah, they have, like, tails, you know, that they kind of put on them and little ears. Uh, they, they are not... Uh, you know, they're not <laughs> doing this full business where, like, they're actually having... Uh, putting people in pony suits.
1: Okay, so they don't have, like, the lower half of a pony. This is not centaur porn. This is just, por- you know... Human female porn stars with little ears,
0: right? And and just kind of kind of cutely acting like they're ponies, and like they they go into some kind of dream state or something. Well, that's kind of cute. Yeah, I don't I don't see it as is really myself. I don't see it as much crazier. It's not something I want to watch, but I don't see it as something any crazier than like Victoria's Secrets angels.
1: Okay, and so is this like to appeal to the bronies? Yeah, what, we should explain what bronies are for people who don't know. These are um you uh oh god what's a brony it's it's a guy who likes my little pony an yeah. adult man who likes my little pony
0: the the new my little pony show which you know this new show isn't you know it's it's a clever show it's not just made for children do, uh, do
1: you think that like i mean they don't like it like bronies they like it for non-sexual reasons is that right am i right about that or oh, do i they? don't know if that's accurate okay
0: there, there there might be there and and that's okay you know furry stuff hey whatever man you know uh huh. So there might be more to it, but yeah, this is definitely made to cater to them.
1: Oh, that's very interesting. So, all right. The first segment was full of bad, depressing news. And, uh, <laughs> and
0: Tasha's ponytails. It's not depressing. Uh,
1: okay, we'll end off on a happier note, but there's more coming up. We are going to talk about something that's been on your mind, Brian Doge. Uh-huh. Stay tuned here on Sex and Science Hour. There's more coming up. EasyDNS is the Swiss Army knife for your domain names, helping meet their customers' individual needs since 1998. EasyDNS has been an outspoken critic of SOPA and CISPA. EasyDNS was an early supporter of Bitcoin, and now they are proud to sponsor this show. Do business with a company that shares your values. Get a 13% discount when you pay with Bitcoin. Go to bitcoin.easydns.com and be sure to use discount code LTB. Sex and Science Hour is part of the Let's Talk Bitcoin network, and we are so excited. Wait,
0: wait, wait a minute. What's Bitcoin?
1: What's Bitcoin?
0: What's Bitcoin?
1: Well, you'll have to listen to Let's Talk Bitcoin to find out. It's a twice weekly podcast, and you can find it at letstalkbitcoin.com.
0: Okay, I gotta know.
1: Yeah, you really should probably get on that. It has a whole network? Yeah, we're part of it.
0: How did I not know
1: about this? You must have missed the memo that we were on their network. Anyway now back to sex and science hour this is sex and science hour hey welcome back to the show Yay! (laughs) (laughs) brian we've got to talk about doge why this is a specific thing why so after the last time we recorded after we recorded episode two of sex and science hour which by the way if you're listening to this Go back and listen to Sex and Science Hour number two because I personally thought that was a very good show. Better than the first one. But the first one got a lot more plays because of um, sort of a technical thing about the way that it was posted. The second show that we made was not at the top of the Let's Talk Bitcoin podcast feed because we are on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. We love being a part of that. Um, but the way it was posted, it was never at the top of the feed. So I think people maybe missed it or something yeah, they might like have that. Missed it. Yeah. So if you want to hear another good episode of Sex and Science Hour, definitely check out show number two if you're hearing this and digging it
0: (laughs) it's a conspiracy I think it must be speaking of conspiracies though
1: yes okay so after we have recorded our second show episode two we were how did this come up I can't remember we were talking about doge for some reason dogecoin which is you know bitcoin spin off, cute dog what what happened was right
0: I I saw a friend in New York uh, on Facebook and she said she became a dogecoin millionaire Oh, that's right. I'm like, that's not even possible. Like there's not. She said multimillionaire. Multimillionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, like literally that's not, that's not possible.
1: We looked at the market cap of Doge and it was like 78 million. So she at the time, so she would have had to have owned like a few percent of all the doge out there yeah
0: i think she would have to have been the creator or something i mean there's just there's just, and, she's, and she's not. a
1: doji nakamoto yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> <It's a> doji <laughs> wow someone's gonna use that uh yeah and and so then and like and she talked about the jamaican bobsled team uh-huh okay and really like the, the whole doge thing in general i think is just it it's a joke like i i can't believe this is yeah i, I can't believe this is serious uh, and, and it's funny. In fact, you know, I know a lot of Bitcoin monogamous. Okay. And of course, those are, that's what I call people who uh, who think that Bitcoin is, you know, there can be only one. Yes, and they are must married Bitcoin. to Bitcoin. Yeah, they can be um, the only cryptocurrency. Yeah, you cannot have any other altcoins, you know, you just can't. Um, and, you know, with Dogecoin, they accept Dogecoin. And I think the reason they do it is because it makes a mockery out of all the effort that every other development team uh, puts into their altcoins. Okay, and and I think that's really why they're into it, and it's insulting. But anyway,
1: (laughs) so you're gonna get some hate mail, Brian. Well, that's fine.
0: (laughs) Uh, So so the Jamaican bobsled team, there's this huge story going around, and I I still I don't believe it. You know that that this Jamaican bobsled team went to Sochi for the Olympics, and they were funded by Dogecoin, and they were funded thirty thousand (laughs) dollars with Dogecoin it reeks of bs oh yeah because i mean to say nothing of the fact that it's like cool runnings the movie from the 90s right uh okay that uh, you know was was very popular i enjoyed it when i was a kid but i still really other than the best evidence i've seen that they were even like competing was they had an interview with lester holt okay from uh, from msnbc he's kind of like their tom brokaw
1: were they actually on tv yeah there were jamaican people
0: on tv claiming that they got funded by doge to go to the olympics with lester holt and so that's like that's the best video uh on on youtube and the person was actually filming a tv screen which i felt a lot better about because i was like you know you know if it's just going to be a full screen it could be staged yeah (laughs) yeah but this was actually on a tv screen uh and, and so i'm still having a hard time believing it what i am willing to accept right now is that the Jamaican bobsled team maybe there really was one that went to Sochi I still have a hard time believing though that uh, that they got dogecoin and that somehow that they got $30,000 out of that that's that's crazy Yeah I think so too And if anything they didn't get it out of dogecoin they didn't walk up to the Russians and say oh here have some doge you know what I mean they 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 so probably you converted think, it into Bitcoin. You don't
1: think this is funny? I thought this was just an elaborate joke, and everybody who's in on it thinks
0: it's really funny. If it is, this is the most incredible internet hoax in history. <laughs> in fact, if I find out <laughs> maybe it's Maybe
1: you're in on it right now. I'm, you're just laughing not, to yourself.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> maybe, but, you know... <laughs> If it's if it's if it's a fake, if it's a hoax, uh, you know, we might as well toss out the Internet because this is ridiculous. Toss out
1: the Internet. Toss That's it. getting a toss little it. extreme. Toss Brian. it. Toss it. All right. Well, one thing we don't want to toss is our listener questions because we have been getting some emails about Sex and Science Hour. Thanks to everybody who emailed us. Yeah, it's great. You can write in at show at sexandsciencehour.com. And we do have a placeholder domain up at uh, sexandsciencehour.com. There's really nothing there. Eventually, we'll build it up and we'll put up a podcast feed, but we're not really ready to do that yet. So um, just stay tuned for that. and, And we thank you. But of course, our email address does work. And we got an email about private keys, Brian. Okay. I, every time I hear that that phrase, private keys, I kind
0: of think of. have you turners private dancer?
1: Well, that too, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think of this. I, I used to work in a research lab in college. I was I studied um, biochemistry, and then I ended up getting my PhD in biochemistry. Um, but I had this professor that I worked with when I was in college in a biochemistry research lab. And he used to say, your buffers are like your underwear. You don't share them with anyone. You keep them totally private. And, okay, buffers are like, you know, solutions of different materials that you use to do experiments. And, you know, you want to make sure that you made your buffer so if you screwed it up, it's no one's fault but yours. You don't trust anybody else to mix them up correctly. You sure. Know? Uh, <laughs> so I always think of that. Like, your private keys are like your underwear. You don't share them with anyone. Well,
0: it doesn't help when you don't wear underwear. Oh, well, yes, that's true. Well,
1: there's nothing to not share then.
0: That's Yeah, there you go. That's the best way to go.
1: (laughs) So we got an email from uh, listener Dane. He says, I'm wondering how it's possible to send your Bitcoins into the abyss by sending them to a wrong address or losing the electronic wallet. For instance, a downloadable app that gets accidentally erased. What happens if someone buys all the existing Bitcoins... And then deletes their wallet. Now, that last part didn't exactly make sense, but it is possible to send Bitcoins to an address to which you can't move them out of. And the way you can do that is like, okay, Bitcoin addresses uh, are kind of like email addresses. If somebody has your Bitcoin address, that's the public uh, part of it. It's the mm-hmm. public public key, right? In the the key pair of the public and private key. Right. So, if somebody has your Bitcoin address, they can send Bitcoins to you, but they cannot move the Bitcoins out of that address unless they have access to the private key. So the public um, address receives, the private key moves them out right. and sends or, sends or spends. That's the way you can think of it. So it's totally possible to have a, uh, a Bitcoin address to which nobody has the private key or perhaps somebody had it at one t- at one time in the past but they encrypted it and then they forgot the password or they lost the private key they had written down the private key on a piece of paper and the piece of paper got damaged and now you can't read it and sorry it's totally g- it's lost forever you know unless you keep some kind of a record or backup of it um, it's gone and so, Bitcoins that are in that address cannot be moved out. So the Bitcoins still exist, but since Bitcoins kind of live on the Internet, if you don't have the private key to the address that they're in, um, then you can't ever spend them, so they're effectively gone.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much game over right. at that point.
1: And of course, nobody can derive the public key, or sorry, nobody can derive the private keys from a, a Bitcoin address. Otherwise, Bitcoin would be broken. Right. You know, because then anybody could just spend your bitcoins <laughs> if they could crack the code. But nobody's been able to do that. So, um, yeah, you know. it's, it's a
0: pretty good bet that there's a lot of bitcoins that are just gone forever. I think there are many thousands I'm I'm sure.
1: Yeah, there was a case where a guy had a an old hard drive where he had like literally mined thousands of bitcoins. He had like 7000 bitcoins on there and he threw away the hard drive and And then later on, he heard, oh, by the way, Bitcoins are worth $1,000 each. And uh, he actually started a kind of a treasure hunt in a landfill to try to recover this hard drive. I don't think he ever did. I don't know if anyone ever found it. Um, Of course, there have been hard drive failures and hard drive erasures where people were storing their private keys on it's actually kind of inaccurate to say you have your bitcoins on a hard drive or on a computer because the bitcoins are on the internet it's just the key that you need to access the bitcoins is on that hard drive and if you lose it then you can't ever access those bitcoins
0: yeah exactly they're in the blockchain so as long as the blockchain somewhere is bitcoins aren't actually gone Mm -hmm. but yeah if you can't access them access them you, you know they're, they're they as might good as, as well gone. Be gone. Yeah.
1: We also had another situation where um, a friend of ours. I guess his wife sent Bitcoins to an address that somehow the the private key was lost or something like that. It was an old, it was an old address that was archived somewhere and they didn't know where the private keys were. They couldn't get the Bitcoins out. So that was another situation. Have you ever um, lost Bitcoins by sending them to an address that was bogus, Brian, or that you didn't have the key to that you couldn't um, spend those Bitcoins in the future?
0: Years ago, I messed it up in sending. I don't know that they were, I mean, they were lost, but you know, I'm not exactly sure where they ended up. This was really early on. Oh, Bitcoin. wow. And so, yeah, I, I. but it was very few. I mean, like I made sure to send a very small amount just because I was testing everything at the time. Like, well, what would happen if at I the did time at
1: one Bitcoin might have been a small amount, but then time goes by and that's, it's not so small. <laughs> that's a
0: fact. And that's an important thing to think about any, you know, denomination of Bitcoin. Is that, yeah, you think it's small potatoes now, but boy, if you can do your testing on the test net, you know, if you want yeah. to figure this stuff out, don't don't do it Uh, in, in, in the test real- Test it
1: with Doge. Send a couple Doge to an address where you don't yeah. know the private key. Yeah, mess with <laughs> Doge, because Doge is
0: just a copy of, of the, the Bitcoin uh, protocol, essentially.
1: So, and as for the last part of his question, uh, he said, what happens if someone buys all the existing Bitcoins and then deletes their wallet? Well- It would be pretty hard. I mean, that would be as hard as buying all the existing Bitcoins. First of all, you probably couldn't because not, you know, not everybody would sell you their Bitcoins, right? But if somebody were to buy even a large amount of Bitcoins and then somehow not be able to access that wallet there to lose the keys or something, um, then what would happen would just be that those Bitcoins wouldn't go anywhere, but they'd be inaccessible. So they'd be locked up forever, unable to be spent. And so... Just the existing bitcoins that could be spent that were in circulation would become more valuable because sure. now there are fewer bitcoins.
0: And, and bitcoins are pretty much always infinitely divisible. Uh, yeah. You know, even though we only have so many decimal points that we're gauging, well, that can go on and on. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to stick to however many. There's eight decimal points right yeah. now i um, think that
1: can be changed too like if it if it turns out that you know one satoshi at some point which is the smallest unit of bitcoin it ends up being worth a dollar then they can just add more decimal points as i understand it in the right. bitcoin code
0: right uh i mean you know and if you ran into a real problem where someone was doing something so malicious i mean i don't know that that's necessarily malicious but mm. uh you know then you could just uh, you could do a hard fork you know and make an altcoin uh well i'm sorry no you You can't do that because up
1: a can of worms but you know what else is is kind of like a hard fork what's that a hard 3d printed pelvis that's kind of like a fork (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's kind of like a fork not really but uh i'll accept had to do some kind of a segue here Uh, apparently there's a guy who had a um an injury where he needed to repair a part of his pelvis. Actually, it was a rare form of cancer that was destroying his pelvis. So it must have been some kind of bone cancer or something like that, or multiple myeloma, perhaps, uh, which makes holes in your bones. And he received a uh, 3D-printed pelvis, or at least part of the pelvis. And three years later, it's still kicking.
0: Wow. That's pretty good, huh? Three years. Mm -hmm. See, now, three years ago, I think of 3D printing as still being very very much in beta you know not uh, not really having it all down uh, apparently
1: they used uh, titanium in order to print the parts of the bone that he needed Oh, then, so that's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, if you could put, if you could print a titanium bone, you'd be walking around like Wolverine, right?
0: Oh, sure, right, right, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know that that of course was adamantium, but titanium. Oh, uh, excuse me, Brian. <laughs> well, I just didn't want an emailer to be like, actually, it was adamantium, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, hell, I I'd, I'd love to get my skull replaced with a titanium three D printed one. In in that case, well, then people would
1: be emailing you saying your head is even thicker than a than it used to be
0: that that's true that's true (laughs) but it give the TSA a good time that's for sure (laughs) (laughs)
1: right yeah we actually have a story about that coming up uh there's a friend of ours who says that the TSA saw bitcoins in his bag oh boy yeah that's that's pretty bad
0: huh yeah well you know actually speaking of another thing speaking of you know law enforcement I mean you know having titanium bones and all this stuff uh would be fantastic to where you know you you could because I mean sometimes these encounters can be pretty brutal, uh, you know, and people walk away. With, oh, like you get
1: beat up by the cops, yeah, but your skin would still get. damaged and bruised but I guess with 3D printing you know perhaps it like I always say it eliminates the need for um, skin grafting like to take skin from one part of your body and put it on another like if you could just take some cells and kind of seed a scaffold and it would grow into skin then you wouldn't need to do those painful grafting procedures Sure, sure. and actually this is one thing we didn't say on our first episode but I think personally it should be possible to do 3D printed foreskin restoration now
0: That's exciting. And I think
1: that would be really cool, because if you could just 3D print one, replace what your parents took away from you because of silly religious traditions, that would be wonderful. That's the world I want to live in. This is Sex and Science Hour. There's more coming up. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to our new show.
0: Yay! Yeah, I mean you already love it you know hopefully hopefully but if we're
1: doing our job they love it and if you love it it would be great if you could help us spread the word because it is a new show so not too many people have heard the good word of sex and science hour you know maybe you could go around and like knock on some doors and say that you have some good news for people yeah
0: you don't have to carry a book for this either but maybe that would help in a white shirt and tie and
1: yeah you know look presentable maybe you could carry around like a little tablet instead yeah Help people subscribe to our podcast feed yeah
0: and just you know have you have you heard about Sex and Science Hour? That would be wonderful.
1: So, yeah, if you could just go ahead and do that, Sunday morning is the ideal time to be doing this and uh, we'd really appreciate it. Tell them to go to sexandsciencehour.com and <laughs> it's really for their eternal salvation. I mean, you're really doing people a favor by doing this. So. Or you
0: could just share it on social media.
1: Right, and we do appreciate it. Thank you so much. And now back to the show. <laughs> you. This is Sex and Science Hour. Here we come. We're coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Stephanie, you are Brian. Thanks of for course. joining me today. We got another listener email that I wanted to talk about here on the show, Brian. Oh, fantastic. This one is about weed. <laughs> oh boy! It's about cannabis, actually. All That's right. how he refers to it. Kind of a
0: hot topic these days, I think. Yeah,
1: definitely. Or
0: maybe when wasn't it? But uh, but in particular, it's it's uh, on the main in the mainstream news these days.
1: Yeah, this is actually from Ken from the Tokyo uh, Bitcoin Media Meetup. He's oh, a co-organizer, and he says that... Um, Such a wonderful international audience we have. We do, yeah, and like, we really great. appreciate that. We don't want to get like U.S.-centric here by no, any means, no, no. even though we do live in New Hampshire, which is maybe the freest place in the U.S. That's right. not saying much, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, anyway. So he says um, cannabis might be an interesting topic to cover. He says, as you know, it has been used for centuries in U.S. history for medicine, uh, oil, oil, Slash food textiles etc. and it grows everywhere with practically little care. George Washington used to grow it in his own garden. Now, you, is that true? Uh, as far as I know, that's true. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I know it's true that it has all these uses. That's I wasn't disputing that. N- but George Washington,
0: yeah, I mean, there's some you know, there's some legends of George Washington that are true. There's some that aren't uh, like you like know, the his, cherry tree. well, like his his wooden teeth, they weren't wooden. They were teeth taken unfortunately from, from humans from slaves. yeah. Uh, so you oh. know there there's some things that are true, some that aren't. Uh, but I think that's one of the ones where it's absolutely true because hemp has been a very popular. Uh, plant, you know, uh, you know, uh, crop in the United States. Uh, in fact, even, you know, around World War II, they were encouraging people to grow hemp, you know, to grow cannabis, mm-hmm. essentially. I mean, hemp's just... Uh, hemp you know. is the male
1: plant that doesn't flower, right? Yeah, it's... It, and the buds are what people smoke. So essentially, they're smoking flowers, flower right. buds that have the THC and that gets you high, right? But getting high is one of very few things, or, or sorry, is a small part of what this plant does
0: exactly uh and you know again during world war ii you know there was videos sent out to farmers by the u.s government saying please grow this you know i mean that's it's so funny how far we've come i mean now it seems like we're going full circle to where it's getting legalized in a lot of states in the united States. In some
1: places yeah but i haven't really seen like hemp and industrial uses be focused on a lot of them are focusing on you know medicinal and recreational uses for marijuana which personally I have no interest in like I don't smoke pot and yeah I don't either you know I'm just not interested in it. it's not my thing however I recognize that it a it probably does really help some people who have oh yes certain medical conditions where they need pain relief it seems pretty uh you know there's evidence that it is an analgesic and it helps people with pain and also I don't want people to be put in jail for it, you know, just because I don't I don't do something for fun doesn't mean I want to jail people who do. And the drug war, of course, you know, is one of the biggest excuses to have a basically a industrialized system of racism where I don't know how it is in Japan. But here it's just it's young black and Hispanic males that get put in jail for possessing flowers you know yeah. it's ridiculous no,
0: it's it's an incredibly unfairly unjustly vilified plant mm-hmm. uh that there is pretty much no scientific basis at all behind it you know behind its uh, it being uh, illicit behind it being illegal uh yeah and-, and
1: if you don't if you're not a drug user that's fine but like if you're paying for the drug war you know this is also one of the most egregious excuses to violate people's civil liberties Oh sure, and searches and all manner of things, even financial uh, restrictions, are perpetrated in the name of the war on drugs, the so-called war on drugs. Yeah, and it we've had it for decades, and it hasn't stopped anybody from using drugs. Uh, it, pretty much every everybody I know has tried marijuana. It's not stopping anybody from smoking weed, you
0: know. No, right. I mean, and and <laughs> but I'm it just... is
1: stopping people from getting medical. Uh, medicine that they might need and right. it is stopping people from getting textiles and right food and
0: all the other uses of this plant right and and one thing you can look for if you want proof you know that society will not suddenly fall into decay that all the people who have been uh, imprisoned or you know put in jail over uh marijuana you know or cannabis or hemp whatever um colorado just said that they're going to let everybody go you know that's in jail for oh they're
1: going to pardon all the drug offenders. Uh, wow yeah, as,
0: as my understanding goes well, that'll probably
1: save a lot of money i hope they pass that on to the people who are you know unfortunately forced to pay taxes for it right? well
0: yeah and it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting experiment and i don't want to use the word experiment to somehow belittle the situation mm-hmm. um i'm just saying that let's take a look and see if colorado's crime rate just suddenly skyrockets out of nowhere Or maybe what's going to happen is, is that their budget might start balancing out because they're not putting victimless, uh, you know, not not putting people in jail for victimless crimes. I bet
1: these um, private prisons or whatever don't like that because they get paid. They get money from the state based on the number of people that are in there. They want to fill those (laughs) rooms.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, they're they're a money making business just like JCPenney.
1: Yeah, I mean, that seems to be what it's all about. Um, Back in the 1930s, wasn't, you know, cannabis legal in the US until there were like big companies like DuPont, I think was uh, a chemical company and they made paper and they didn't, Want uh, hemp-based products to be able to compete with them, so they kind of lobbied to get it. And then they, there was the reefer madness uh, propaganda that you know, it pot makes people crazy, and it makes it makes these black men want to have sex with white women. Oh, oh no, the world of society's crumbling, <laughs> <laughs> the moral decline. I mean, it was just the biggest load of crap, and I don't know why people bought it. You know, why, why did they let that happen? I'm not exactly sure. I wasn't alive back then. But um, suffice it to say, we're still dealing with the consequences of that now. So yeah, good, you know, good, good topic. Uh, we're up on our Dr. Bronner's hemp soapbox talking about this, yeah. but, <laughs> which is the one, probably the one hemp product that I actually use. <laughs> um, but speaking of things that have been oppressed and crushed by the government for uh decades and centuries native americans <laughs> oh boy yeah it's not funny because i mean people who were here for a very long time had their land taken from them uh, were totally oppressed and sort of hooked on these government programs that keep them down and keep them in poverty had their land stolen from them were told what to do uh, just at turn after turn were killed and impoverished and hurt by the u.s government and by just white people
0: in general sure i mean their their lands were invaded usually
1: politically connected yeah i mean white people
0: yeah i mean essentially a bunch of illegal aliens from europe Mm -hmm. came into native american land (laughs) uh, yeah you know in in 1492 or whenever uh and oh wait a minute the legal aliens came in boy that (laughs) yeah It's just it's funny because you know so many you hear so many people, especially in the United States, complaining about oh you know we've got an immigrant problem you know we we can't let these Mexicans oh in. yeah what a bunch of crap. And that's and that's nonsense it's like well then you know what I think the Iroquois shouldn't have let those uh, those European ships land either while you're at it if yeah. you know if you're gonna play that game uh, so yeah but but interestingly i mean these are people that have really have been oppressed and continually oppressed the the, you know the laws are still pretty much against them and it looks like i've recently heard they're trying to get a a modicum of freedom what's that about at least some of them are yeah so
1: i mean the history of of i guess um native american kind of re-liberation is really interesting there was a russell means and he was a very famous activist who was uh he was actually an actor he was like a movie star but he was very active in trying to get uh, Native American sovereignty and rights. And he was part of the Lakota Nation, as I understand. And they seceded from the U.S. about a billion times. I don't think the U.S. ever recognized it. But every few years, they would come out with a statement saying, we're seceding from the U.S. And everybody would just be like, oh, that's funny. You know, uh, isn't that cute? But I mean hey, like they should be able to secede from the U.S., be left alone, not yeah. be subject to the laws. They were here first. To give, give them a break, you know, yeah, seriously. Really, really, I
0: mean, anyone should be able to.
1: A- anyone should be. I, I support secession down to the individual level, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but now there's another guy who's kind of picked up, I think, has picked up Russell Means' torch, really, because he passed away uh, last year or a couple of years ago. And that is um, Paiu Harris. And he is actually very interested in Bitcoin. He's like a Bitcoin activist, and he's a proponent of bringing cryptocurrencies to Native American uh, nations. Or a- He actually calls them native people, which I would agree with, because America is kind of a term that's invented by Europeans, right? Right. So, you know, he calls them native people, and sure, I'll call them that too. Um, but, yeah, apparently the Lakota Nation, um, which already has some experience with sort of like banking freedom, is making their own crypto coin. They're, it's kind of an altcoin. And it is a SHA-256 coin, like Bitcoin.
0: So it's pretty much based off of, by it's, and large... It's off a of-
1: fork of Zeta coin, okay. which I don't know too much about Zeta coin, but Zeta coin's another altcoin. Right. And... Uh, they have a a client that you can download. So I think what they're trying to do is say, hey, let's stop using this, these Federal Reserve notes if they use them. I mean, what else would they use? Right. right. Um, but like, let's let's use this to buy things from each other instead of using the money of the government that has oppressed us for centuries. and that makes so much sense yeah no, <laughs> doesn't I, it i agree and it's so much easier than c- carrying silver rounds around right. and stuff they can be physically stolen and ganked and so forth and yeah i just think it's a cool idea
0: yeah i actually i like this you know something i look for in an altcoin usually is maybe features or an infrastructure uh this doesn't exactly have either other than it is you know maybe it has the infrastructure of the native peoples you know that that want to use it and i think that's fantastic because i think this skirts a lot of those laws saying you can't mint money you know only the U.S. government can do that within Mm. within its boundaries and all this business Uh, and it just makes it so simple for them to Mm. really you know uh, make an independent claim on their own currency and yeah
1: it's like I really like the attitude of not asking for permission because that's exactly what they're doing they're just saying we're gonna hey you know we're going to take back our financial freedom and we're not going to ask permission because when we do, the answer is no, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, government, would you mind if we just kind of, you know, made our own altcoin and start using that? No, of course not. They're going to, they're not going to be uh, happy about that. So anyway, uh, it's called Mazacoin and they've got a, uh, they've got mazacoin.org so you can read about it there. The only thing that I, I found kind of, <laughs> the only thing that I found kind of strange was I was reading about the features and. And it said it's the most environmentally friendly cryptocurrency because it encourages recycling of all those old ASIC miners for Bitcoin uh, that would otherwise yes, be filling up landfills. <laughs> and I don't know about that. I mean, yeah. it, that's the whole thing. They take a lot of electricity to run and so forth. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's kind of a clever pitch, I suppose. But yeah. Um Yeah, no. I mean, that's if you want to go green, you know, use something like next, like an XT or whatever, but which doesn't have mining, right? It's it's totally proof of stake. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I still don't know what I think of proof of stake. Maybe we'll have to uh, have a discussion about that on one of our next shows. I mean, I'm not like totally opposed to it. I just uh, would like to see it in action a little longer. Let's just say. Oh, sure, sure. And there is always the problem of if you have a proof of stake coin, how do you get? The coins out there you know like you you have to have some way to distribute the coins Mm -hmm. if there's no mining and so what people usually do is uh fundraisers kind of like an ipo thing where they sell the coins or maybe they distribute them among the founders and then the value changes and they sell them later um yeah and and then you know sometimes they raffle them off in some way but
0: this goes i mean i don't know if we want to go down this road Uh But this goes this becomes uh what next does is it does what's called transparent forging Mm-hmm. and that essentially means that a lot of people get this confused they think that means that all the coins are pre-mined and it's not they're not pre-mined that's a misconception okay okay it's that they're already all in existence it's just you can through proof of you know proof of a uh, uh, stake you get access to them through this transparent forging so and that's a real short and sweet version of it but i think a lot of people are very very confused by the idea the idea that they're i'm pre-mined. confused <laughs> oh uh well, another episode <laughs> we'll have to talk about. I, <laughs> okay, I definitely Brian. am not up to the 10-minute discussion for that.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, because we do only have a couple minutes left. And speaking of not asking for permission for things, Brian, you found an article about not apologizing for having loud sex. Is that right?
0: Yeah, it, it's an editorial out of New York Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I mm-hmm. I thought it was... Yeah. I thought it was pretty good because, you know, at the whole point, oh, yeah, boy, are good. <laughs> wow. I tried to stop it and it just started again. <laughs> That's anyway. fantastic. <laughs> uh, anyway. You know, it was just it was something that I think not a lot of people want to talk about. It's like NASA. It's like, oh, do people have sex in space? We don't want to talk about it, you know, and and especially in a place like New York City. Yeah,
1: they're embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, you have people you're right on top of each other. You're so close. It's practically impossible to have any privacy, certainly when you're making the, you know, kind of the the guttural, you know, like deep noises that, uh, you know, that come with uh, with the cries of passion. Uh, Well, is that a reason to, like, live out in the woods, perhaps? Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, it's like, you know, one of the cases that that this article makes is that, look, this is what people
1: do. They have sex. Yeah. And it said said something that I thought was interesting, which was like, look, the point of being an adult and having a home that you live in is so that you can do whatever you want in your home. Right. And that includes having sex. And loud sex is one type of sex. And it's just... Normal. Get over it. Yeah, I and mean,
0: it includes <laughs> If you're apartments. so
1: embarrassed by that, if you're the neighbor and you're so embarrassed and so app- appalled by it, uh, j- maybe you need to adjust your expectations, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, and if you're it- going to hear the neighbor mowing their lawn. Sure, you may hear them having sex once yeah. in a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it should be treated little different, in my opinion. Of course, in New York City, you probably wouldn't hear people mowing their lawn, but the point's the same no matter where you okay, are. Okay, really. true, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in any case, you know, and it ends off with a really great point, saying, you know, what if, what if the person who, you know, that the, you know, the people having sex don't know they're that loud maybe they'd be embarrassed maybe they you should say well, something. well aren't they
1: going to be embarrassed if you tell them
0: well that's the point is that <laughs> no don't say anything i think
1: that person you know? wants them
0: to be embarrassed yeah i mean right you're probably trying to do some uh, you know innocuous shaming uh, right of some kind and you know in an, like a really unprompted sexual discussion especially in a world that can't handle sexual noises uh you know that's going to come off as creepy so it's an article i thought they had some some great advice to it you know but it had it brought up a point for me that i think is really really interesting speaking of like different styles of living and it briefly discusses some of that in that you know in 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 the united states and here we are talking about how we didn't want the show to be u.s centric but in the united states people used to live in single room log cabins forever Mm. all the time 12 person families you know and now as crazy as all that sounds how, you know what did did uh, did mom and dad go off to the woods yeah they were having kids somehow right like i mean where did those 10 kids come from you yeah, know how, how did they get there babies were coming from somewhere right and no in the middle of winter they were not running off to the woods there's no outhouse it's a single person you know it's a single wow yeah i bet some of them might have done that <laughs> but it was a single person you know single room house uh-huh. not person single room house okay And so probably the parents, you know, maybe they're picking better times at night to be doing it, Mm -hmm. but the kids were in the same room. I hate to, you know, I believe me, I get it. You know, I, I hate to admit to that, but I'm just saying that's probably how it went down. Sex used to be, I think it wasn't so vilified as it is today. I don't know exactly where that came from, Yeah, but it used to be pretty commonplace, you know, in the middle ages, where did people have sex in church? nobody nobody knows that Yeah, why because there was no privacy anywhere else and it was the cleanest building in the town wow that's where people had sex i mean there's there's you know tons of documentation on this fact okay so you know when the church bells rang you probably heard a good moaning and groaning going on at the same time right on (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean the thing is is that people used to be over this and i don't know what happened but this article gives some great They've advice. They've been
1: re-prudified. Yeah, re re-prudified.
0: Yeah, well, that's interesting because, like, you hear these things about
1: how the Puritans weren't actually that prudish, right? Because they yeah. did have those arrangements where it was like they lived in the same house yeah, as a lot of other people, and everybody understood that you know couples were going to have time alone, and they're going to have sex. And yeah, by
0: law, actually, by Puritan law, they had to have sex. Yes, so they had to. You're, I mean, you're not vilifying sex. You're saying no, you got to do it. Uh, and I mean, but was that just because they wanted to make babies to like work on the farm? Well, certainly it was. But at the same time, you know, what kept a Puritan couple from from each other? They would put a piece of wood in the middle of the bed, okay? And that would, that would, you know, it looked like kind of like a, a vertical shelf that would separate the two. You Not know, the kind thing, of piece of wood you're thinking no, in the bed No, no, no. It was about six inches tall, but yeah. it wasn't the kind of wood you're thinking. And, you know, what is who's that going to stop? It didn't stop anybody.
1: <laughs> no, it was just like kind of a, a pretense that they were separated, right. but if they, they really would jump over the piece of
0: wood. And, exactly. If they really wanted to stop it, they would have made it six feet tall. You know,
1: just slept in a different room yeah something yeah so they weren't that puritanical and i don't know i just thought that was kind of interesting maybe yeah. we're getting back to our evolutionary roots i read the book sex at dawn and they said in there they had like a discussion of why do people make noises during sex especially women when they have orgasms and they were saying that you know it's to attract
0: other people. It's
1: to let other people know what's going on.
0: Well, is, is it to attract or to make them stay away?
1: Well, or? they're not exactly like scary sounds. I mean... No,
0: no, they're very pleasing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think really humans make noises to like warn people to go away, really. They would just probably hide if they yeah, wanted I, to not be seen. But...
0: I, I'm i of the opinion the noises were made to uh, lure in or to welcome you know, <laughs> right. people. Yeah, perhaps. So There's a lot of wild stuff in that book. Oh, it's a, yeah, very, very controversial, but uh, very revolutionary book.
1: It's like a heretical um, book about anthropology because they'd go through and like analyze all the parts of the human body and say, this is why people are meant to have wild sex with all different partners and
0: <laughs> yeah I mean like every generation seems to have this book you know like mm. Kinsey's books you know 70 or however many years ago yeah uh, and then you had Masters and Johnson you know with their books so many years ago then Dr. Ruth in the 80s every generation or at least every you know decade maybe has like their seminal book that really brings sex maybe not not forward but back to maybe what it really already was what we already knew and sex at dawn is definitely I think that next step you know yeah. that next Next level uh, a bit of thinking, in my opinion.
1: Anyway, we're going to go answer the call of the wild. This has been Sex and Science Hour. Thanks for tuning in. You've just heard
0: Sex and Science Hour. You can connect with us at SexandScienceHour.com. Game over. Play again next week.
1: of the top 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 of the